Davis. It is the Wave 97.9 WHAV-FM. And good morning. Win Damon right here. It's win for breakfast. And we have a guest with us this morning. It is State Senator Diana DeZoglio. And Diana, uh, welcome back. We'd love to, uh, love to chat and see, uh, see what you've been up to these days. Good morning, Wynn. It's always a pleasure to be on. Always great to hear the voice. <laughs> Doing well. <laughs> well, yeah. And, uh, Thanks for the opportunity. Oh, you bet. Yeah, I appreciate it. You know, uh, these have been uh, crazy times, and and sometimes, uh, sometimes you know, they might want you to have an adult beverage or so here and there. Um, and that would remind me of something that uh, has been uh, talked about, and uh, I think that it's a law, but it might not be a law yet. I'm not quite sure about the um, the restaurants. You know, everybody's eating outside these days, and, and uh, there was... Uh, there was some uh, thought about uh, mixed beverages. And did that ever get passed? Is that approved yet? Great question, and thank you. So uh, the bill was filed. I'm the lead sponsor of that piece of legislation, actually. And the idea for that legislation was actually birthed out of the city of Haverhill. Um, I was speaking with local restaurants in particular. Um, I was speaking with the Petro family over at Kruger's. Uh, I'll just throw a little plug in there, visit your local restaurants, go give them some business. They're just getting started again, and they can really use your support with that outdoor dining seating they have outside. Uh, just visited there the other day, actually, and it was actually wonderful out. They had shade provided. So a lot of our local restaurants downtown are opened up outside for listeners who are looking to get out again. But I did speak with the um, the owners of, of, of Kruger's and other local restaurants in the community who said that, Many other states have actually implemented um, a law whereby they are allowed to serve to-go mixed drinks, take-out orders of mixed drinks with their uh, meal orders. Now, uh, the bill I filed previously, uh, you know, those provisions did get passed in a comprehensive bill to allow for the sale of beer and wine with takeout orders. But what didn't make it across the finish line, unfortunately, was the idea to uh, allow mixed drinks as well. And there were concerns around how that would be done. And, and you know, comments were made about, you know, how is that going to be done? What are they going to put them in sippy cups or something? And, uh, you know, it just there was a lot of confusion about how that would be implemented. And, of course, everybody wanted to make sure that it was able to be implemented safely that there were going to be sealed containers for those drinks, so on and so forth. Uh, so Massachusetts didn't pass those measures, but uh, since that time that we passed the beer and wine uh, uh, takeout orders, about 34 other states, so I think it's over 34 states at this point, when uh, have actually found a way to implement those measures safely and put them in sealed containers and allow for those those takeout orders to occur. And... Uh, you know, in response, I filed a bill on behalf of our local restaurants after working with them in our chambers. Uh, Greater Haverhill, uh, Greater Haverhill <laughs> Chamber of Commerce played a big role in this as well in highlighting the need. Um, I filed a bill to allow for those mixed drinks to go in order to assist our local restaurants who are just getting back up on their feet to recoup some of the significant losses in revenue that they've seen over the course of the last couple of months during their shutdown. And you know, we are pushing, obviously, for safe reopening and to allow them to 
uh, you know, open up their doors with, you know, all the, all the public health and public safety precautions in place, of course. Um, but I don't think that that's going to be enough to assist them in recouping the losses that they've seen over the course of the last couple of months. So this is another provision that we're implementing alongside of the governor's unilateral reopening plan that we think would assist them in recouping some of those losses and uh, making some additional sales. They're saying that it would significantly help them with revenue, and uh, they're pushing hard for it. So the House did pass a few of those measures and um, also passed outdoor seating, which was filed on the Senate side as well. And we are pushing for these measures to be taken up on the Senate side so that we can get these to the governor's desk as soon as possible. And, you know, we're hoping for that sooner sooner rather than later, and we, we keep pushing. So we're, we're getting support from local legislators and legislators across the state, and I will be in touch, hopefully, shortly. <laughs> oh, great. News. Okay. Well, hopefully it's not like pushing a rope, you know, <laughs> and, uh, <Yeah. laughs> and you'll... you'll uh, well, I hope so, too. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's a good thing. You know, something else that uh, I know has been uh, rattling around the the state house is uh, this uh, voting bill where uh, where people can uh, get a ballot by mail, and and I think that that's sitting over in the Senate now too, isn't it? Yes, actually, we did just take up this piece of legislation uh, this week, and uh, very very happy that we're expanding voting options during COVID, uh, you know, for, for public health reasons, for public safety reasons, to make sure that everybody who wants to vote has an opportunity to vote, even if they're concerned about going down to the polls and exposing themselves potentially to the virus. Our elderly, our disabled, those who are immunocompromised, so on and so forth, have shared significant concerns about actually going down to the polls, along with our poll workers, when who, um, you know, many of them have served, you know, Many, many, many years, many of our poll workers are elderly, and they have concerns about sitting down at the polls and touching ballots and and uh, being in, in uh, close proximity with others. So we wanted to make sure that we provided for options to vote so that everybody gets an opportunity, regardless of whether or not they want to go down to those voting locations. And the bill that we passed in the Senate this week would allow vote-by-mail options and um you will be mailed a, a voting application. The postage will be paid for. You just need to turn that application in to the city clerk's office. And again, that's all going to be, um, it's all going to be, uh, pre-written on the envelope for you. So you don't need to look up all of this information and spend time doing that. It will have the return address on there with the postage paid for. So trying to make it really simple for everybody. You just put that application for a ballot by mail back in the mail, send it back to your clerk's office, and they will mail you a ballot. And uh, you will receive that application if you're looking for that. You'll receive it in the mail in sometime in July. So, you know, you're going to get that well in advance. Um, we are also allowing for vote early options now, and I know that we've done this in previous years, but um, just as a reminder, the vote early options this year, according to this new legislation, for the primary elections, there'll be one week of early voting. So those that are looking to avoid crowds um, on election day, that think, you know, they're going to find a time during the week when they think it might be a little bit slower at the polling location um, or might have issues with work on election day and might need to find time before 
or after work um, in, in, you know, the, the, the week prior to Election Day. The primary election in September will allow for one week of early voting. Now, the general election in November will allow for two weeks of early voting. Um, so just keep that in mind, one week early for the primary, two weeks for the general. And then voting in person, uh, you know, vote at your, your local polling place on Election Day. We're still going to allow for voting in person, uh, your fundamental right to uh, voice your opinion and to be heard and to go down to the polls on Election Day will still exist. And uh, we're, we're, you know, we're excited about the, these new provisions that just passed the Senate, the Senate to safeguard our fall elections. And we're hoping that the governor will sign off on these provisions uh, very soon and we can get these things implemented. All right. Now, uh, today also happens to be uh, Juneteenth. And, uh, and it's a very important day as far as, uh, well, it's a, just a very important day. And maybe you could uh, give us your take on Juneteenth. Yes. So, um, so today is a state. Well, today is celebrated uh, annually. Uh, it's a day that commemorates uh, June nineteenth in eighteen sixty five, when Union General Gordon Granger uh, read federal orders in Galveston, Texas, that all previously enslaved people in Texas were free as a result of the Emancipation Proclamation, which was signed over two years prior. And um, uh, former Governor Deval Patrick actually signed a proclamation while he was in office, making June 19th a statewide day of observance in the Commonwealth in 2007. Um, you know, the significance of this date fully deserves its recognition as a state holiday. And uh, I, I'm glad you uh, actually brought it up. Because while we do observe this day, and um, you know it's, it's something that, that that people know is an important day to observe, we don't actually consider this to be a state holiday in the state of Massachusetts. So what we've been seeing is, um, I was just reading a couple of articles actually earlier this morning, and we're seeing that uh, in Lawrence they're actually uh, counting it as a, a a city holiday, and they're giving workers the day to reflect on the importance of the holiday. And uh, in Haverhill, we're seeing the Greater Haverhill Chamber of Commerce give the day to their employees to reflect on the importance um, of, of Juneteenth. So I actually recently just signed on to a state proposal, uh, a piece of legislation, and I just co-sponsored it. And it's actually an act to make Juneteenth Independence Day a state holiday. And I, you know, I believe this legislation is a testament to the importance of this day, and and uh, I look forward to to fighting for today to actually be recognized as a state holiday. Yeah, that was uh, really something. The uh, I get, you know, the uh, the uh, freedom of the slaves. Uh, for, if I have my history uh, correct, as you had mentioned, had happened early uh, years earlier, and uh, finally Texas was the very last state. And, uh, you know, that was many years before uh, the advent of, of uh, Twitter and texting and phone calls. Right, right. So it, it, it's considered Freedom Day or Emancipation Day, Juneteenth. You can call it Juneteenth. You can call it Freedom Day. You can call it Emancipation Day. But it does signify the end of enslavement. Uh, despite Abraham Lincoln's Emancipation Proclamation two years prior, 
Um, and this is uh, considered as a time to both reflect and to celebrate. And um, I'm proud to co-sponsor statewide legislation to, to make this a state holiday. All right. Well, hey, and looking forward to uh, to having you back again the next time around. And uh, and I bet that you've got a few um, a few places that you have to go visit today and this weekend, right? Because tomorrow's the very first day of summer. Tomorrow is the first day of summer. Thank you. You know, you start to lose track of time when you're in your home all day, every day. Um, time kind of just goes by. You don't remember what hour it is, what day it is. So thank you for that. Yes. Um, tomorrow's also the first day of summer, so we have two two very important days right now. But I will uh, absolutely be looking forward to the next time I have the the humble opportunity to come on and to speak with you um, and to share what's going on at the State House to residents who are listening in. And it's always a pleasure to come on when I'll talk to you soon. Oh, you bet. I also will not tell you that today is the anniversary of Whammo getting the trademark for the hula hoop. So. <laughs> oh. Well, thank you for that that information. I'll use that put it in my pocket for a trivia night that might come up at any time soon. It could win you a, a mixed drink. <laughs> yes. Well, thanks, and always a pleasure to come on. All right. Thank you so much. State Senator Diana DeZonglio, our guest this morning here on The Wave, 97.9 WHAV-FM. Wake up with Wind Damon weekdays from 6 to 9 a.m. on 97.9 FM, WHAV. You...